It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A cultural icon once said, everyone makes mistakes, everyone has those days, and video games are no different. Some games can piss off an entire fan base, and subsequent sequels are forced to come back with their tails tucked between their legs to right all the wrongs. I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 video games that were basically just one big apology. Number 10. Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots Hideo Kojima has made it no secret that he didn't really want to make Metal Gear Solid 4. He tried to retire after finishing pretty much every previous title, thought the Solid Snake saga concluded well with MGS2, and only really returned to direct the series after being badgered to by fans. Consequently, MGS4 entirely feels like one for the fans. Every little thing fans wanted answered is addressed here in painstaking detail, fully peeling back the curtain on pretty much everything. Oh, fans really hated Raiden in MGS2, did they? Well, no worries, now he's a badass robot samurai and one of the coolest characters in the game. MGS4, for better or worse, is fan service through and through. Number 9. GTA 5. GTA 4 is a critical darling, but it certainly drew much more criticism from fans than most expected. Mostly this came from the shift from pure anarchy to a more serious and realistic tone. The city was drab and grey, the story had a much darker tone than previous installments, and cars handled like they were World War II tanks. As a response, Rockstar made their craziest open world game ever with Grand Theft Auto 5. And while a comedic element has always been present in all of the GDAs, Rockstar went completely overboard with this in GTA 5. Trevor, in particular, seems to exist entirely to appease a certain section of the series' fanbase, letting people be as politically incorrect, depraved, and psychopathic as they wish. Crucially as well, the game made no apology for his behaviour, but rather reveled in it entirely. Number 8. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard Sometimes, in order to create something great, you have to create something terrible. And while you could argue that Resident Evil 6 isn't a total abomination, it certainly was a big step down from the series' high heights. An action-focused, set-piece-heavy, almost entirely lacking in scares, quote-unquote, survival horror game, it was a turning point for the entire series as fans rejected the new direction. Subsequently, Capcom had a long, hard look in the mirror and went back to basics with Resi 7. Considered a soft reboot of the series, it took tonal inspiration from the original Resident Evil, as well as from classic horror movies such as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It wasn't all just fan service, though, and risks were taken that still pissed off some fans, such as the switch to a third person perspective. But Capcom showed it had learned where it counted and embraced the core tenets of the original games while still pushing forward with a risky new era, exactly how Resi 4 had done years prior. Number 7. Assassin's Creed Origins 
Even hardcore Assassin's Creed fans can pinpoint the low point of the franchise. Assassin's Creed Unity encapsulated pretty much everything bad about the series at that point. It was far from an awful game when it worked, but releasing as a buggy mess, it reflected a series that was being churned out as hastily as possible, with no real innovation between the titles. With Assassin's Creed Origins, Ubisoft tore up the rulebook for the franchise and went back to basics, after the admittedly good coda to the very first in the series with Syndicate. The Animus, long considered a pace-destroying plot device in previous titles, was toned down massively, immersing players more successfully in the historical world. The action was taken away from Europe to the ancient theatre of Egypt, the combat system was completely revamped, and RPG elements were introduced across the board for much more depth. This game set the new blueprint for two well-received sequels to come, and showed that Ubisoft is, on occasion, prepared to listen to its fans. Number 6, Sonic Mania. It is not cutting-edge video game journalism to say that Sonic has had plenty of guff games. Once considered a genuine rival to Mario, the blue speedster had a dramatic fall from grace during the noughties. It was so embarrassing, in fact, that Sega felt they had to come out and explain themselves with the marketing director saying in 2015, quote, Sega has publicly apologised to the fans as the quality of console games in the Sonic franchise hasn't been acceptable over recent years, end quote. While the games themselves have been hit and miss since this quote, Sonic Mania was the perfect for the fans game that did so much to apologise for so many years of awfulness. And that's partly because it was actually made by fans, with the dev team headed up by Christian Whitehead, known at the time for Sonic fan games. Returning to its side-scrolling roots, Mania was more than just a throwback. It was a long overdue sequel that was an amazing game all around and pleased even long-lapsed Sonic fans. Number 5, Doom 2016. Doom 3, released in 2004, was the first Doom game to mix up the formula. Gone was the fast-paced, high-octane action, and in came dark, claustrophobic corridors and frighteningly realistic monsters. It was spooky, and also as much of an advert for id's new lighting system as it was an actual game. Now, the new take had its fans. I mean, hell, I replayed it just last year and enjoyed it immensely, but it was so different that some fans of the original were doomed, oi oi, to dislike it outright. With this game, the franchise had started to lose its identity, and the then-in-development Doom 4 was going to stray even further from the pure action of the originals. A good few years and a total reboot later, though, Doom 2016 took all of the elements that made the originals so successful and then turned them up to 11. Guided by a heavy metal soundtrack which almost seemed to sync with your actions, it turned the series' staple violence and headlong aggression into an art form. Doom was a triumphant return to form, and its software have continued in this vein with the much lauded Doom Eternal. Number 4. Call of Duty World War II The Call of Duty franchise has found itself apologising to fans across a few games recently, but none felt like a bigger admission of wrongdoing than Call of Duty World War II. This is because the early 2010s saw the shooter franchise moving in a direction that didn't sit well with fans. From Advanced Warfare onwards, the series pivoted to battling with Titanfall, shaking up the core multiplayer foundations with sci-fi gadgets, double jumps, and wall running. While this was a cool idea for one game, this moveset became a staple across all of the different sub-franchises, leaving many fans to wonder if Call of Duty lost its identity and its simplicity in the process. COD World War II then, in every way, was an attempt to go back to the franchise's roots. Returning to where it all began with the World War II setting, this entry brought back the boots-on-the-ground gameplay that fans had been wanting since Advanced Warfare shipped. It was pretty good as well, acting as an admission from Activision that it might have gone a bit too far down the sci-fi shenanigans route. Number 3, Red Steel 2. 
There is no greater contrast in this industry than a game being one of the worst releases on a console and having a sequel that fully utilizes everything the same console has to offer. The first Red Steel game, a launch title for the Wii, was notable for being a first-person experience that used the Wii Mode controller, promising accurate katana swordplay and gunplay simultaneously. While players' imagination ran wild about being so in control of every bit of the action, the end result was far from a proof of concept. Let's just say that this was to the Wii what that crap Star Wars game was to the Kinect. It didn't do the tech any favours at all. Red Steel 2, though, managed to get it all right. The once-derided motion controls had a complete overhaul, and as a result were more responsive and effortless to use, making you truly feel like a gunslinging ninja. It still wasn't perfect, but it felt like a complete do-over in all the right ways. Number 2. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order if there's been one consistently disappointing feature of the gaming industry over the last decade, it's been EA's handling of the Star Wars license. Picking it up in 2013, initially there was some optimism that Star Wars games could be given a new lease on life. After all, the publisher owned plenty of great developers, and they started out well, bringing back fan-favorite Battlefront and getting the director of Uncharted to make a single-player action adventure game. Then, everything went tits up. Deciding that single-player was just dead, the publisher cancelled its single-player-only games, focusing instead on multiplayer and live services. Battlefront 1 came out, and while it wasn't bad, it was seen as a forgettable casual experience with little content at launch. Battlefront 2 was supposed to write the ship, but then it became the poster child for aggressive business practices and monetization, though in the years following, EA did write the ship eventually. But still, at launch, they dropped the ball again. Fallen Order, though, was it last chance to prove that they could do this franchise justice. It's no surprise, then, that this is the least EA of any of the Star Wars games EA has released. It's a story-driven single-player game starring a new Jedi focusing on an original in-canon story with a gameplay mold far from that of a live service. It was awesome, too, and got people excited about the brand for the first time in a long while. Number 1. Saints Row 2 The first Saints Row game was immediately dismissed as a Grand Theft Auto clone. People enjoyed it, sure, but it was hard to see it as anything other than just a trend chaser. And while that first game did have individual moments of tongue-in-cheek humour, it had a fairly serious tone overall. With Saints Row 2, though, they decided to ramp up the levels of insanity at a time where GTA was trying to become more mature. The subsequent storyline was utterly bonkers, involving your character having major plastic surgery and setting up a HQ in a building destroyed by an earthquake. It looks a bit quaint by the standards of the other sequels in the same franchise, but at the time, this was a big risk. The franchise went from being a GTA clone to a parody of serious sandbox games, and it became a great series in its own right. In a way, then, this game was less of an apology and more of a if it's what the people want, then it's what they're gonna get kind of deal, and it totally worked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.